0: Community Players Podcast, stand by. Places, please. Hosts and guests, places, please.
1: House lights go.
0: Hold, please. We are holding.
1: Welcome to Places, please, a podcast from Community Players Theater in Beatrice, Nebraska, and the second episode of our mini series, Hold, Please where we connect with past players from around the country, from throughout the organization's history. I'm Jamie Omer, Managing Artistic Director here at the Theatre. This week, we have our first group conversation. We chat with Jan and Elizabeth Claussen. Jan joined us from Iowa City, and Liz joined us from Durham, North Carolina. They are a great example of a family with a long history with the organization they've both received the organization's Mary Ellen Morgan Award for service to the organization, Liz in 2011, and Jan, along with her late husband Alan, in 2017. They were both extremely active in the theater when they were in the area. Liz served on our board of directors and was actually a second-generation board member, as Alan served two terms on the board in the late 1980s. Even though neither live in Nebraska— They continue to support the organization as First Nighter Platinum members. And this season, Jan donated her admissions so we could offer a student ticket lottery for area high school students to see shows for free. I've known both these ladies for years and it was good to chat with them again. Here are some of the highlights from our conversation. Jan and Elizabeth Clausen. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you.
1: Your family is a great example of how there uh, is really a place for entire families to be involved in community players. Could you talk about how each of you got involved with the theater and the involvement of the rest of your families? Jan, why don't you go ahead and start?
2: Okay. Well, I always loved the theater. Through high school and college, I always went to all the performances that were offered at those locations. And after we moved to Beatrice, as the community players got started, it was a good date night for Alan and me. And as the kids got older, we started taking them so that we had a family activity and so that they would also learn to enjoy live theater and understand it was different from television or anything else. And as they got older, then we started having them help us volunteer to Usher. I remember my kids being pretty little, handing out programs. And then there was children's theater. And then they got started being in main stage uh, productions from that.
1: Yeah. uh, uh, Liz?
2: Yeah. So um, I
0: remember we used to get to go, kind of initially, we'd only get to go to like the musicals because those are usually the family-friendly shows. Um, so there'd be like one show a year when we were younger until we were, I don't know, it was probably 10 or 11 that we were deemed old enough to have our own season tickets. So we got to go to everything. And then, you know, I remember tagging along. Dad was um, always involved with the light crew. And so when they'd have light hangs and stuff, I'd tag along and go down. You know, I remember you know, kind of just exploring sets as they were in progress. You know, I remember crawling around. I think it was probably on like the Oliver um the Oliver set when they did that, either that or Pippin, I'm not sure which, cause they kind of are mentally combined in my head. Um, and so, you know, crawling around and discovering all of these, you know, trap doors and things that they were using in that, well, you know, dad's hanging lights and, all of that and then you know gradually, oh you're big enough to climb a ladder, so you're gonna climb ladders with us. (laughs) And
1: you've gotta earn your keep being there on a exactly
0: and and um I'd make the run over to the donut shop and bring back the donuts when it was break time.
2: (laughs) I was thinking of the donuts too. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: So you know got started that way and pretty much ever since, you know so it was kind of starting with the lights and like mom said with ushering and going to see the shows and then i think since then i've done almost every job there is in the theater except direct (laughs) so (laughs) i got thinking i'm like yeah i did that yeah i did that yeah i did that (laughs) so there's been sets there's been costumes there's been you know front of house there's back of house it's on stage so i'm like yeah i just i think i just haven't directed (laughs)
2: Yeah, (laughs) I think Catherine mentioned she was the only one in the family who had not been on our main stage. She was in children's theater, but she never was part of a of a regular season performance.
1: Huh. Well, we'll just have to make her come back and be in a show so that we you guys can complete the punch card.
2: Um, (laughs) I'll tell her that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, you mentioned Alan. Talk about uh, his involvement with the organization.
2: Well, Alan did not have the same kind of theater exposure I did growing up. And so I feel like a little bit I dragged him to some of those first productions because I said, this is something we are going to do with and for (laughs) our community. And so he came to enjoy them, too. And, of course, you know, a happy wife is a happy life. So. (laughs) Yeah, and I can't remember who first asked him. He got, I was, we were friends with Bob and Mary Fight, who were both very active in the board and and building sets and things like that. And I think it was Bob who got Alan to help with some of the hanging of the sheetrock that's still on the walls and and (laughs) painting and. The doing the wiring for each show and the lights used to be quite a bit of different process. And it was Bob who was a, a licensed electrician who got Alan working on that. So that's how he got started. And then somebody asked him to be on the board. And I was very surprised, but he said yes and served <laughs> six years.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't realize I knew he was on the board, but I hadn't realized he had served uh, six years.
2: Yeah, two two three year terms he served.
1: Um and uh, see when was that? When was he on the board?
2: Oh my, I have no idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was in the past.
2: In the past, that's right. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been probably late
0: eighties because I'm guessing that I was probably you know eight to ten to twelve ish because that's when I would I, I remember going down and helping with lights and I'm pretty sure he was on the board at that time. So
1: all right, so um jan you were involved in one of the shows that they produced during the season when the organization was homeless this was after the fire uh at scc that uh, burned down the building that they were in critics are terrible um (laughs) what what were things like during that time when the organization was uh it's future was really uncertain.
2: Well, that was the very first time I was brave enough to audition for a show, and both Alan and I were in that show. It was called The Night of January 16th. It was a great deal of fun, of course, because Cecil Richmond and Marilyn Richmond were part of it, and they were always full of laughs. We were homeless, as you said, and we sometimes did not know from week to week where we were going to rehearse. I remember a number of rehearsals in the basement of what was the Commercial Federal Savings Building. I think that's what Bank of the West now. And we were pretty close to production before we knew where we would be performing, which was in the 4-H building out at the fairgrounds. And um, it was kind of interesting. There was no raised stage, but that worked because that was a trial setting and so the audience was kind of like they were in the courtroom right there with us on the same level. I'm sure that they were improvising lots of ways and any kind of place for the actors to dress was a little hard to come by um, but it it worked. I'm glad I wasn't the director having to try to figure it <laughs>
1: out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it's an interesting parallel because, you know, right now we've got a show that was, that should have been open. We're, re- we're recording this on a Friday and uh, the show should be opening tonight. And uh, the sh- cast doesn't know if they're going to be able to ever perform. Uh, they're doing virtual online rehearsals. And so it's just kind of interesting how that uh, uncertainty uh is almost cyclical.
2: <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> May this be the uh, last that that ever happens.
1: <laughs> oh, I really hope so. Uh, Liz, uh, so you and I have a little bit of a special connection. You were in the very first show I directed for the organization. Um, what do you remember about working on that show? Because Please tell me, because that was so many shows ago. I honestly, I can't remember any of it.
0: Yeah, I... Uh... I don't remember much of it either, because that was, you know, 23 years ago now, I think, because it was 97. So, so, yeah,
1: yeah, 97, yeah. Yeah, it was so long ago.
0: I'm um, like, I was 21 years old. It was so long ago. Yeah, so, you know, I remember it was a small cast, just four of us. Um, it was your first show. What really s- struck me as I was thinking about it is the simplicity of everything that we did compared to the shows that are being produced now. Um, I mean, the costumes were very basic. The set was very basic. Um, you know, and it's just, you know, if you, I think if you put pictures from that show next to pictures from, you know, a recent production, you'd be like, this is the same theater. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the theater has grown up in both style and, and everything that we do, um, since then. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing that I really remember is, is how, how simple everything was, but I still think, you know, it was a good production and, you know, and everybody enjoyed it and it was a lot of fun. It was, um, a Christmas carol, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See, I don't even remember that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was it was an interesting adaptation of Christmas Carol because it was written to be done with only like four or five actors uh, with one actor who played Scrooge the whole show and then everyone else played multiple roles. Right. Um, Yeah, I just remember the thing that I remember about that show was the set and that I remember the color scheme. I described it as being a sugar cookie with holiday sprinkles. And, oh, and right,
0: Cause, cause we used, we sprayed like red and green paint using like a like a you know a a spritzer thing uh,
1: yeah, 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 <laughs>
0: I remember that now, yeah, it was like it was like a yellowy color
2: with the red and green mm-hmm. sprinkle,
1: <laughs> well, you know it's the holidays,
2: yeah, and, oh, then, um, you, and you were green and right fresh out of directing classes in college, just about weren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I had graduated uh, from college that uh, that May, uh, so yeah, it was my uh, one of my first gigs out of school.
0: Yep, and you've been here uh, ever since.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, um, but anyway, uh, now neither one of you are even in Nebraska right now. Uh, tell us uh, where you are now and what you are both up to.
2: Well, I'm in Iowa City, Iowa. I moved here the 1st of May to be close to David and my two grandsons. So my job right now is grandma taxi. Uh, I was taking the boys to school and picking them up after school a couple of days a week until school closed and uh, taking them various other places like gymnastics right now to keep david off public transportation as a doctor i take him each morning and pick him up each afternoon to the children's hospital and uh, other than that i sit around and knit
1: um so liz what about you
2: yeah so i uh live in
0: durham north carolina in the heart of the research triangle area here in north carolina working for a statistical software company um, I write statistical software, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> after I finished up my graduate degree, I got this job out here and I've been out here now for six years almost. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. And I follow the theater's activities rapidly on Facebook and everywhere <laughs> and go, why isn't there a theater around here? Because surprisingly, there's not.
1: Really, there's no community theater around there
0: there there is not um Carrie sort of does, but they only do like two shows a year and it's far enough away from where I'm living now that it would be hard to um it would make for like really late nights and things to get back from um, you know there's there's um some other theaters around doing like repertory and that but they're not community theater, sure. So, so yeah, so I miss being involved and being on stage and being backstage and stuff. But um, unfortunately, there does not seem to be, you know, I've done, I've I've gone to like the ACT website, you know, to try and see, okay, you know, are there any ACT members around here? And uh-huh. there's not. <laughs> and I'm like, Really? This is really bizarre. I mean, that this, is
1: bizarre. Yeah,
0: you know, because we have the colleges and everything, and you would think there would be stuff, but yeah, no. I guess they think that, you know, the various universities are, are arts enough for the area and they don't need to have community arts or something. I don't know.
1: Well, I was, maybe then. I
2: sitting, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, uh, Liz, maybe then that's a reason for you to start a community theater there. I
2: was thinking. <laughs> Same thing. All right, Elizabeth, you've got a job now. (laughs) I I have a full-time job. Um, Yeah. Well, and there's quite a few theaters. There's some professional theaters and, of course, associated with the university and college. Uh, Coralville has a community theater that I've been – I kind of was waiting for my schedule to shake out and see what life was like to get involved there, and now I will wait some more. But um, <laughs> I go right by it regularly, so I know where it is. And I, one day I'm going to drop in and say, hi, I like to volunteer at the theater and see if they need my help.
1: And I, if they're like any other community theater in the country, I'm sure they will say, yes, absolutely. Here's 20 jobs that we need done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was waiting to see what my schedule was.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Smart. Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, so both of you were involved in more than just being on stage. Uh, In fact, you both have received the Mary Ellen Morgan Award for volunteer service to this organization. Um, What were some of the things that each of you did for the organization? I guess, Liz, you kind of talked about this a little bit already, but some of the things that you guys were involved in um, besides just being on stage.
0: Right. (laughs) So I got started, you know, like I said, tagging along with dad with Light Hangs. And then um, so I've done that. And when um, I was on the board then as a second generation board member, which is kind of cool, um, then kind of the lights were then my area because that's what I had experience with. But then I've also mm-hmm. um, been involved in the, in the pit orchestras and um, stage managing and kind of all the things. And so, yeah, a little bit of everything, really. <laughs> yeah
2: (laughs) well and i alan and i started out with ushering i remember being really tickled when somebody asked us to usher or i may have gone to somebody and say how do we become ushers so that was why i started and then i became a house manager uh for a long long time i there was you know i think what shirley terhune was like the house manager and when she retired from that job then i had a chance to fill in there there used to be a makeup committee I used to get asked to do that because when my kids were little I didn't want to be on a committee that was lots and lots of time commitment so I could come in and help with makeup one show or two shows um I've helped some with lights as in standing on the ground and sorting gels I don't do ladders and um I did help, though, take up and put down those smoky black curtains we used to do for masking. <laughs> I worked as an assistant stage manager, I acted. And then I think very importantly, I held down the fort at home so that Alan could serve more actively
1: so people love to hear backstage stories uh or gossip about how things maybe didn't go quite right on a show or or didn't go quite the way they were planned um do you guys have any juicy backstage stories that you you like to tell
2: the only one I could think of was the show that I was assistant stage manager. And I know know that the ASM usually sits in the green room and cues people. At that time, I was backstage doing some sound or something. One of the actors fell asleep and missed his cue. I remember mm, yeah.
1: that. And, yeah, that was and uh, when I realized, a Moon Over Buffalo.
2: Yes, right. And I remember when I realized that, he wasn't there saying his lines. I ran back to the green room and hollered at him. Where are you? <laughs> so, yeah, that, yeah, I
1: remember that. I that, remember that show because it was um, it was a sequence, too, where at the first read through, I said to everyone, this is the most important part of the show. You can never mess this part up because um, <laughs> it was just timing with doors opening and slamming and turning around. And yeah, and then that that happened.
2: Yeah, yep. <laughs> So I, I don't know if that was the point in time you designed the the ASM to sit in the green room with, <laughs> and and no just,
1: with a with a cattle prod and a whip.
2: Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember being. I was in Moon Over Buffalo, so I remember that sequence going awry. That particular show.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was like the closing performance, even.
0: Yeah, probably. Sunday afternoon after a late Saturday night or something.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Liz probably knows lots of other things since she was on stage more than me.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, so Liz, I'm sure you have some, some at least one juicy story.
2: Well,
0: I know which juicy story you're leading towards, so I'm going to start with the <laughs> other juicy story. Okay. So um, when we did Music Man... I was assistant stage managing, and when it was the the scenes where it was on like the town bandstand, we brought out these arches to make it look like it was the bandstand, and they I went know where place, you're going with place. <laughs> and they went into place, and they kind of latched using um, door hinges so that they would stand there. And so this one show, we go out, we set them up. And as we're clearing the stage, I hear this gasp from the audience, and I turn and look, and one of the arches has fallen backwards, and now it's resting against like the back wall. <laughs> I was like, well, that's no good!" And so, you know, <laughs> me and the other person that was on that particular arch, we go out and we look and we kind of putz with it, but it was obvious that it was not going to stay. And I was like, "Just take it back!" And so we unhooked it and pulled it off and let the show continue on, and then we fixed the hinge or something over, you know, between that show and the next one so that it didn't happen again. Yeah. But I just remember this, the collective, as the thing started falling, as it was like, what? And turning around and looking and was like, whoa, okay.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I remember I was, uh, I was actually just thinking of that incident the other day. Uh, So uh, funny that you, you bring that up. And I remember our Harold Hill in that show, he was a pastor. And before the next performance, he blessed um, those set pieces. (laughs) Blessed the arches. So they wouldn't fall over.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But the other really exciting, um, unexpected, you don't ever expect this to happen, um, occurred when I was stage managing the Diary of Anne Frank. And it was the dress rehearsal of final dress rehearsal night. And one of our actors came down ill and we were like, OK, we'll, we'll we'll make it through our final dress. Hopefully she'll be better by tomorrow for opening and, and we'll see what happens. And so we did the final dress with I don't remember if it was me up in the booth reading the lines or if it was Chris Obink, who was the assistant stage manager reading them backstage and everybody else did everything else. As stage manager then, this was before we had all the fancy sound software that we have now. And so there were all of these music cues where I actually was swapping out CDs and queuing them mm-hmm. up and, and everything for all of these cues that we had. Um, and so you know, it was very busy up in the booth besides you know, telling the lightboard op when to go and that sort of thing. And so as we kind of had our post-show discussion, I looked at you and I said, you know, you know. I read those lines a couple of times during rehearsal, so I'm familiar with them. Plus, I've heard them throughout this entire rehearsal process. I said, if worst comes to worst, and she's still sick tomorrow, I should be able to do it. And you were like, well, we're going to hope that that doesn't happen. And I'm like, oh, yes, that is definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'm kind of waiting through the day. I was living and working in Lincoln at the time. I had let my boss know kind of first thing in the morning, and I said, I may get a phone call saying that, you know, this person is still ill, and then I need to go on for the show, and so I will need to kind of leave right away. She was like, fine, no problem, this is Friday, who cares? And kind of the day is progressing, and I haven't heard anything, and I haven't heard anything, and I'm starting to go, oh, this is going to be fine, everything's going to be fine, and then it was like three o'clock,
2: you Mm -hmm. give me a
0: call. And, and you're like, how soon can you be here And I'm like, well I have to walk home and then I have to drive to Beatrice so 4:15 maybe <clears throat> And so I did I raced out of the house I stopped or raced out from work, stopped by home picked up a few things that I knew I was going to need like um, shoes and and a few other things because the theater wasn't gonna have you know shoes that fit me and that sort of thing and raced down, to the theater and Brian Husa, um was mm-hmm. available um, and he was in all of the scenes that this other character was in and so he came in and so you and Brian and I ran the various scenes that this character had had lines in we did them once just kind of reading them once on our feet with the script and then once you know with the script tucked into my back pocket <laughs> and we did that for all of the scenes Yep. (laughs) In in about 45 minutes, at this point, other actors are starting to arrive because it's getting close to call. We go down and we start looking through um, costumes to try and find any sort of costume that's even remotely period appropriate for me um, because the other actress and I were not the same size or anything. And so we found some things, and then there were a couple of larger group scenes once everybody was in that we integrated me into. So that, you know, it's me standing there instead of, instead of the other right. person. And we kind of ran those a couple of times and then it was time for the show. <laughs> and, oh, the other thing that we did was, so, um, the character in, in, that show, once the character's on stage, because the, you know, the Jews going into the attic, you were on stage then the rest of the show. So the other the other actor, when they were on stage, but not actually involved in the scene at that point, they were either knitting or crocheting one of the two. I don't remember. It was with yarn anyway. And what we did for me is I was reading and we took one of the old books that were in the basement from when we'd done. Again, done Music Man. Funny about Dunn that. Done Music
1: Man. Yeah. Yeah,
0: where we had because we'd stacked books on the on the bookshelves for the library, and we'd cut out the insides yep. for them so that they weren't didn't weigh a ton. We took one of those books and we hot glued a script into <laughs> into the book so that when I wasn't in a scene, I could look at what the next scene was just to quickly refresh, and then when it was right. time, you know, put it down <laughs> and then go and do. Um, and so we did that and we made it through and um, ended up performing that role all that first weekend. And then we did a special performance during the, the week in between as well. And I did it for that one, too, I believe. and Yeah, then,
1: yeah you did it for the middle school performance. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then the the original actor was back, um, for the second weekend. And so we did you know, the second weekend went as originally scheduled. or whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah, you had,
0: a, I... you had to step in then and essentially be stage manager and do all of those sound cue things. And so you know, I made these big giant notes about, you know, which CD and which track and made that in like yeah. big, bright highlights and everything so that you could follow the notes and make sure it all worked out well. And, but we did it. And
1: oh, that was also the first show that we uh, had ever tried integrating video projection into. That's so right. there was that that added element of video projection going on as well.
0: Right. Right. And so, you know, we did it, um, you know, like kind of like a regular Broadway show. We had made an announcement beforehand, you know, the role of Mrs. Rondon will be played by. Um, but and there were people that were like, you know, if you hadn't said that. You know you just learned this this afternoon. We would never have known that there was anything different. yeah, but this wasn't <laughs> the way it was supposed to be. And I was like, you know, that's you know that's live theater. That's this group, even as a community theater being very professional about it. We got it done. We made it happen. And we did a really phenomenal show, I think,
2: and a really mm-hmm. proud mama to watch you do that.
0: Yeah, that, I, I, that was the first time you and I were on stage together. I think too, Mom.
2: Yeah, and was it the only time we were on stage together? Because oh, possibly after after that show, I wasn't back on stage again for a long time. So yeah, that
0: could that could be. Yeah, yeah, but I've I've had the pleasure of, of acting both
2: with you and with Dad. Oh my, um, yes, your Dad. What a flair for comedy he had!
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, when we did Barefoot in
0: the Park, it was really fun to have kind of the opening scene. He was he was the telephone installer, um, and that opening scene was between between the two of us, and that was really fun.
2: Yeah, and you know, you really kind of little bit twisted his arm to do that because after the night of january 16th he had not been on stage again i don't think and you and i both kind of put some pressure on him and then he showed this wonderful flair for comedy and i'm going where have you been all our life
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well and i remember alan's last role was in funny thing happened on the way to the forum right uh and I'm I'm blanking out on the name of the character that he played, but he he was he was so funny, and his his solo song was really really funny. I still remember the visual of him performing that song.
0: Right the the, the funny the funny slave character. Yeah, I don't remember his character's name either.
1: Um. So, uh, is there a show or role or program uh, that you guys would have liked to have done while you were here, but didn't get a chance to do?
2: The one that came to mind to me was Steel Magnolias because I had wanted to be in that show and I was either traveling in the spring or was right when Alan first got sick. I don't remember. There was some reason I chose not to audition and even sitting in the audience, I was wishing I could have been one of the characters up there, but that was Mm. the show that came to mind to me.
0: I'm really thankful that I had a chance to be in Proof. Um, I think that was uh, a show that really pushed the boundaries of what what we do there at community players and Beatrice it's it's you know a you know a modern show a drama as opposed to something a comedy and things and so you know it's not it's not a popular thing but you know it's a Tony award show and it's a Pulitzer Prize winning show and so I was really thankful I was able to be involved in that and that made me um, remember some other shows kind of like that that um, you know they were the award winners but stuff that Beatrice as an audience Just probably wasn't ready for, Um, (laughs) and you know may never be ready for. I don't know. Uh, One of them was, um, yeah, it's it's Good Night, Desdemona. Good Morning, Juliet.
1: Oh yes.
0: Um, I would have loved to have done that show, Um, but you know it's based on Shakespeare, and you know Shakespeare is not going to sell because you know we don't ever do Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) um, It's based on that, and it's very you know cerebral sort of show um and so that i think that was probably the number one show that you know i've read and i really enjoyed and i would have loved to have been able to do
1: if you guys had to pick one show or moment that best summarizes your experiences at community players what would it be
2: we kind of hit on my thought right away, um, I kind of had two, but the first one that came to mind was Diary of Anne Frank, because of two things, one, acting face-to-face with Elizabeth, and two, somebody posted on Facebook the other day that, that that family, those people were over 750 days in a very small attic room hiding from a dangerous situation, and even though on did not survive. Her spirit lives on, and is so real to those of us who are currently in hiding, so to speak. That I feel that in that way, that show speaks to me as being pretty memorable. And of course, then I have to bring up Grace and Glory, that 2 woman show, because that oh, un- yeah. undaunted spirit of Grace that I got to play—I uh, hope, I hope that's me in real life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> living in oh, a cabin in the woods with no indoor plumbing <laughs> No
2: indoor plumbing. Yeah. But, and it wasn't long after that my hip got bad enough i could have done a better job of acting by the bad <laughs> because it was real
1: <laughs> um so liz what about you
2: oh man it's
0: so hard to choose um i think one of the shows that really sticks out in my mind um is funny thing happened on the way to the forum the second time around when we did it, when dad was in it, I was playing the piano for it. Um, And so it was fun to play for, for that cast and, and for my dad. And then that happens to be the show where I received the Mary Ellen Morgan award, um, you know, and so it's the end of curtain call and everybody's there. And, and then you come out and start doing the thing and I'm sitting at the piano like, why are we stopped? Why are the lights back up? And then, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that's, that kind of sums it up. You know, I'm, I, I'm just the piano player and, and then <laughs> it's, it becomes, it becomes a thing, you know, and then I go back to the early days. The very first time that I was on stage was, um, uh, it was just a Broadway showcase. They just cast a bunch of people, did a bunch of Broadway songs, you know, it was you know kind of an eclectic mix. And, you know, it was the very first time that I was on and, and all I was was like one of the kids singing, you know, Do Re Mi with whoever played um, the Maria character. But, you know, that, that first time on stage and involved with those people and, and whatever, I mean, and, and being welcomed as, you know, a 10 or 11 year old kid you know, kind of into the theater family um, and just the welcoming family that I've been in with there at the theater ever since.
1: That, that's a great uh, way to summarize just kind of the overall experience that we hear from a lot of people about their involvement uh, with the organization. And I think that's probably going to be a great way to uh, wrap us up today. Um, unless, uh, do, you, do either of you have anything that you want to add or, or let the podcast universe know about?
2: Just a hello to everyone. That um, I miss you and uh, keep up the good work. May this not create any endings, but more a new, different beginnings. That was I very sweet. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't top
0: that. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. Um, I really appreciated uh, you guys taking your time out of your, your iso- social distancing, isolation to uh, chat with us. And it was also just good uh, to catch up and chat with both of you again. So thank you very much. Thanks, Jamie.
2: Thanks, Jamie.
1: Once again, thank you to Jan and Elizabeth for sharing their memories of community players. This podcast is a production of Community Players in Beatrice, Nebraska. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube with the hashtag HoldPleaseCP. You can help us keep our programming alive by going to our website, BeatriceCommunityPlayers.com, making a donation, buying CP merch, or ordering our gift certificate for future productions. Thank you, and stay safe, because we want to see you again at the theater.
0: stand by we are continuing to hold